This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, this is like our ninth time doing the intro. Do you think we can finally pull it off? Uh, I think so. I mean, it is. It has been said that it's tough to podcast when there's basically nothing to talk about. The, the right. season is over. Uh, I feel I feel so relieved. I feel somewhat aggrieved, <laughs> but also relieved. Yeah. So I think we should just quickly talk about how we ended up in this season, how we feel about that. And then we have a whole yeah. podcast full of feedback from our listeners about lessons we learned this season and uh, ways in which we blame ourselves for how we did the season <laughs> and ways in right. which we blame the FPL game for how right. we did. It's much more fun to blame the game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel right now it's a little bit like school's out and we're the teachers and we're still like grading papers, you know, uh-huh. everyone's outside, you know, playing, playing, you know, baseball in the yard or whatever. Yeah, but we still have, you know, wry grins on our face as we That's hear, true. hear our listeners <clears throat> playing outside. Exactly. Exactly. It, it is like, like thunder showering in New York right now. So it does make it easier to, it doesn't feel like summer outside. Do you think uh, it's raining just to just to clean the streets of of all the FPL gunk that's been accumulating? I think so. I think yeah, I think Jan Vertonghen and uh, and Federico Fernandez are both uh, are both <laughs> in, the, in the gutter somewhere. Uh, how so? Game week thirty eight. You know, let's not. There's no point in in doing too much of a recap here. But you know, how how was your thirty game week thirty eight? How did things wrap up for you um, on the season? How do you how do you feel about your season, Brandon? Yeah, the game week 38 was a bit of a whimper. I took a minus four and uh, I brought in Mo Salah, uh, which was a net gain. I dropped uh, Mares, uh, but here's the deal. I dropped Mares, who, of <laughs> course, turned t- turns heel on me, um, right. but I would not have captained Mares. I probably would have captained Aubameyang. So um, mm. ultimately, it turned out to be a net gain. And uh, and then I brought in a bench goalkeeper, Adrian, who I who I, I ended up playing Fabianski, who got got a penalty save. What how glorious. But yeah, 63 yes. points on the game week. I thought that that was going to be decent. But then, uh, I mean, given the game week average was 49, but starting off the week at 96 K, 63 points just was not enough to keep me in the top 100 and my overall rank on the season was 112 K and change, which was really the most gutting part of the entire season. I, uh, the top 100 K like almost the whole year, right? Well, actually maybe I've been in the top 100 K only three or four weeks this season, but the, I, I was on that sort of, uh, we can get into this later on the podcast, but, um, I just had so many stumbling blocks early in the season, you know, like five million game week rankings that um, really gave me so much ground to cover. Um, but I have never finished outside the top 75K, I mean, at least at least in the last six seasons. So it's just going to be hard for me to go back and look at my uh, game week history page and see an extra digit 
there, six <laughs> digits instead of five yeah. digits on my yeah. on my uh, season history. So it's it was just like an unglamorous, unremarkable season for me in the end. And and, and the only the only highlight was me beating you in our head to head competition. <laughs> but right. uh, I'll throw it over to you then because you yeah. actually ended up finishing with a better overall rank. than Yeah, me. it's it's a it's a small uh, consolation. Um, but uh I also know like a third of the people in our league have not given you cash yet, so I felt a little better just get, only being two, someone only, who had. Oh, you're down to two? Okay, down that's to two bad. people in our in our right. uh, private league who owe me money. I, All right, if that's you're not, listening, that's not too pony bad up. Then. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, so yeah, you beat me in the head to head, which uh, you know you actually did that last week. Um, you, you really, I had a weird season, kind of like yours too, where I had these. Um, I was you know the, I some fantastic game weeks. You know, I actually had a great start to the season. I was you know 24k after the first week. Um, and I really hung around that top, like I was up to maybe, I was between like 10 and 20 K for a while there. And then right around Christmas time, it really fell apart for me. Um, sunk down to about 300,000 and, um, ended up the season on, uh, 83 K, which feels like it felt good to claw back a little bit, you know? And I, I feel like if I had a little more luck, I would have, um, um, I could have done even better. Uh, I, I the, my last game, and I don't really want to talk about it. it it's funny because in my head, I'm thinking of people who are going to listen to this podcast in like six weeks and they're, they're going to hear us talking about game week 38 and they're going to be like, <laughs> what is like, I can't remember like who just won the world yeah. cup game two days before, you know, let alone game week 38. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, Federico Fernandez didn't play at all. Jan Vertonghen didn't play at all. Uh, one point from Sun, uh, Jordan Ayo, just a, a terrible transfer, especially cause I was debating between, uh, Jose Perez and Ayo and, um, Oof, just missed so, so, so many chances. Yeah, just all these little things that I felt like this was one of those years where when I had a 50-50 choice between X player and Y player, I picked the wrong player like every time, you know? Yeah. And I know that you, I know it's easy to remember the things that went badly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, but. exactly. I started making a list in preparation for this pod of, of bad transfers I made. So bringing in Mares on my wild card and he did nothing. Uh, Walcott, Lingard after he was done with his goal-scoring spurt, Sané when he was in a downturn, Sterling the second time around. After I made that list, I started to remember, wait, I brought in Nacho Monreal when he scored like two or three <laughs> games running. Yeah. I had Pascal. I, I dropped Pascal Gross immediately when he went into a cold spell. I yeah. had KDB during his great early run, De Gea <laughs> from game week one. Yeah. So it... it on on balance, well, there was balance there. What was yeah. missing, I think, for both of us was some kind of cutting edge. You know, I, the one thing I will say is I successfully did a minus eight in Game Week 38, which I am, as any long-time listeners will know, I'm just not a huge hit person in general. Um, I just don't think that... Um, I don't know. I just for me, they're they're not, it's not the, quite the right approach. I actually wonder if the approach really is to take massive, massive hits instead of just little dinky hits. You yeah. know, like if, if you completely remake your team, there's a real chance to do a net, but like just a little minus four, like at a time, can really can really hurt you. And in fact, we we're going to talk we, in a minute, yeah, yeah. about that. I, I was um, just going to say. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, it's okay. Um, but I so I brought I brought in Zaha, uh, Adrian, and. Um, and uh, long, and were you a little surprised that Burnley lost that clean sheet? I, I was certain they were going to hold onto that. I was, I was shocked. Yeah, I was certain. But then again, you you say uh, Bournemouth are the comeback kings. They, I mean, and jo- yeah. the comeback Josh kings. They right. are. They always score they two always goals score. like in the yeah. last ten minutes. So <laughs> yeah, in that respect, true. and Burnley, for those of, who have been heavily invested in Burnley defense all season, we know that they're you know it's a mirage that they're a clean sheet <laughs> factory. This is yeah. not. It's really the, the it's all the clean sheets were in the first half of the season, weren't yeah. they? Um, so okay, we have two things we're going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, Brendan, you mentioned them a little bit earlier, but just to just to remind people, uh, it's two things. One is you know looking ahead to next season. One is one, what do you want to do differently as a manager? You know, can can we really change as managers? Or are we too? <laughs> you know, or does the is the way we play FPL just reflect our personality too much? Yeah. Uh, and the second Jeez, question you is, you sound like my wife right now. <laughs> and the second question is, uh, what uh, would you change about the game itself? So bonus points, uh, transfers, chips, things like that. What would you what would you change there? So uh, we're going to get to those in just a moment. It's going to be a shorter podcast than usual. Uh, obviously, we don't, we don't have anything to recap or preview here. 
Um, but before we do that, Brandon, um, let's uh, take a quick look at uh, our leagues, Brandon. We had, we had many leagues, and uh, like I, we can't even, we have so many leagues, we couldn't even run through all of the. Uh, we need a separate podcast just to go through <laughs> all of the various leagues. But We're let's, almost let's, under the sea. We have so many leagues here. If you, uh, if that might be the most dad joke I have ever made on this podcast, <laughs> I just made a melancholy and even sadness joke. So we're really you're going full dad this this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so let's we should read the top ten of the Always Cheating Super League. Before we do, uh, just a quick shout out to Jeremiah Johnson, who won both the uh, Always Cheating Patreon Supporters League, um, and he also won the Always Cheating Patreon um, Head to Head League. Yeah. So uh, great, great late run for him. Um, actually, FPL General was uh, was leading that uh, Patreon Supporter League for a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, congratulations, Jeremiah and, and Mark and, and Fahad, who finished um, in third. We have uh, to congratulate Mark for uh, he. He managed to achieve his goal of his third top 500 finish in four seasons. So that's huge for Mark. Congrats it, to you. It, it's extraordinary. It makes all of us feel a little guilty when we talk about how <laughs> like how unlucky we were or whatever. It's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, uh, maybe they're, like, we could actually just be playing. This maybe game we're doing better. it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I, I did want to also congratulate uh, Jan, Jan Spernage. I feel like I'm not saying that correctly, and I'm sorry, Jan. Jan, just, just tell us how to pronounce it, then we'll make sure we don't we don't pronounce it incorrectly again. Yeah. Uh, but Jan uh, finished uh, first in the Always Cheating Second Half League, so congratulations to you. And that was the pa- the Patreon link. Uh, so the Always Cheating Super League Top 10. Brandon, why don't you read off the Top 10? Yeah, let me take it away here. Uh, creeping up into the Top Top 10 at the last possible game week, it's Morian Ratner, uh, Randomometers was his team name. Ninth place, Nick Tuthope, Football Friend FC. Eighth place, it's Stevie Sunshine, Cruise Control. Seventh place, 420 Fedora Fanatics, Will C. Seventh, uh, sixth place, Jeremiah Johnson, Lookman Ayuake. Fifth place, it's Graham Chester United, Graham McDonald. And in fourth place, it's Joe Stone for Fuchs Ake. Are you blend? Could that possibly be the last time we say that team name on this <laughs> podcast, Josh? Uh, up to third place, Adrian Falk Revdal, Bodillos. Second place, Jamal Rice. And in first place, finishing 17 overall in the world, it's uh, Prakar Patal, Crazy Coutinho. Congratulations, Prakar. You have gone in the Always Cheating Super League Hall of Fame, which is at alwayscheating.com under the league tab. We must get upwards of five to six hits per month on that page. Yeah, and Prakar, we would love to have you on the podcast. Um, we actually don't know how to get. I don't know how to get in touch with you though. Um, I don't. You're not. You're not one of these crazy social media types that that we are. At least, at least I don't know. You could be like FPL. You know. Um, whatever fpl ant or something <laughs> just trying to think of some creature that doesn't already have a, a, a hashtag a, fpl zoo that's how long yeah, is exactly. it how long until they have a chat function through the fantasy.premierleague.com site where we can yeah. just message progress it's actually true i i know I, I wish i wish there was an easier way to do that you can't really search through the through leagues either it's actually at this point i don't even know how many people we have in our league because you would just have to like keep scrolling through you can't like yeah. you can't get the data for that which is i, uh, I occasionally poke around we have more than 2500 people in the super league and growing right. so uh to to whoever finished 2500 with like minus 5000 points <laughs> uh good job for you for making the most transfers of all time right exactly so uh all right congrats to everybody and uh brandon let's let's take a quick break uh, just before we do a uh, reminder um, we are running a World Cup game for our Patreon supporters, um, and uh, that game is available. Just visit uh, patreon.com slash alwayscheating to sign up. Uh, it's going to be – we have eight groups. You're going to pick one team from each group, and then we have a point system. Uh, it's all laid out on the on the Patreon page. Um, I think someone uh, – we actually have uh, one incorrect CONCACAF team in there, so Uh-oh. we have to we have to redo that chart. <laughs> Uh, but the, 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 the chart still stay, we'll, we'll clean it all up before, before the world cup starts. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's me, just, the first getting, mistake we've ever made It always cheating. Just getting into that chart, getting the nice color chart. That was like, 
two weeks of, of like back and forth emails between us like to figure yeah. out how the hell to do it. So I think the thing uh, we can stress, though, about the, the uh, idea of playing this Patreon exclusive game is we wanted to take a little bit of the FPL stress away. So to play this FPL game, all you're doing is picking teams at the very start of the tournament. Then you just kick back and root for your team to win. You're not picking players, right. ca- making exactly. captain choices. So it should be a lot of fun and um, just a joy to to play while you watch the tournament unfold. Yeah, it'll be a nice mix. We actually will be podcasting uh, during the World Cup as well, so um, keep an eye out for for those podcasts. And well, it'll be a mix because you can you'll be able to do the, the our game, and then if you if you need that you know that daily fix, that daily Jones, you'll be able to use starting eleven as well. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them later. Great. So yeah, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about things we can do differently at the start of the twenty eighteen nineteen season. Great. Same old podcast, always shading. We're back, Josh, and uh, part one of the pod is going to be lessons learned. We put out the call to our listeners about uh, things they learned from playing this very uh, tricky season. And I think our job is going to be how to figure out how to apply these lessons to the 2018-19 season. So we'll kick things off with a comment from Mike Mulcahy, who says, I had my best game weeks when I played five midfielders. I would use the 3-5-2 template starting in game week one next season and not wait until game week 11. So I think this season will probably be remembered for the 3-5-2 formation. Strikers were so difficult to come by. Um, And the ones that were really performing were incredibly expensive. There was Lukaku really early on. Then you get to Kane as well. There was no mid or mid-price striker or cheap striker. Yeah, And Uh, it felt like they were all like... One guy would be firing and the other person would be injured. It was there was never a time when you wanted like a really a very few times at least when you wanted a very expensive strike force. Maybe maybe when Firmino uh, was a little cheaper, which he was for a little while there, um, yeah. you could go with the big three. But in general, I I actually I, I think if I have you know a, one of my biggest regrets for the season was not doing uh, three five two more often because um, yeah it was I mean this year was the season when you had just a bunch of what in hindsight were forwards who are who are classified as midfielders, right? Sure. I mean, Arnatovich, uh, Arnatovich, Sterling, Salah, right? Yeah. I mean, all th- you know, if you want to, I mean, you, uh, you can call Sterling a, a forward or not, but he was certainly playing like I mean, he played as a forward at times for sure. I think we have a few more comments about formations in the how can we change the game portion of the show, so we can talk more about that. But I think the the um, in hindsight this season you were going to do really well if that you were able to rotate the fifth midfielder accordingly, like Jesse Lingard, Pascal Gross, and guys like this who are around the $6 price price point where they had flurries two or three weeks at a time. And if you got them right at the right time, you'd really benefit from the 3-5-2. Yeah, I mean, it was just a disastrous season for third strikers. I mean, there was just never a a great option that emerged. Um, You know, just very small pockets of time. You know, I mean, Charlie Austin never... All year long, we were kind of waiting for Charlie Austin to go. It was funny how he didn't, he didn't, like, no one wants to dislike Charlie Austin. Yeah. If you notice, like, there was, there's no, no bitterness <laughs> around Charlie. A lot of top managers brought him in for, like, the doubles. And I think he picked up, like, one assist, you know, like, down the stretch. I mean, he just didn't really do anything. And Well, yeah, it, it's funny. You watch, um, I think it was the whatever fixture they had, the penultimate fixture they had where, Charlie Austin had a couple of scissor kicks that were, uh, I think one was ill-taken and off-target, but was still great technique. And the other one was the assist to Gabby Adini's goal. He was out there trying so hard, and, and yeah, he, he just does, wasn't scoring goals. He seems like he, exactly, it seems like he tries hard. But, I, you know, I brought in Callum Wilson at the wrong time, brought in Andre Ayew at the wrong time. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, maybe a good lesson for next year is if a team can't score goals, don't bring in any of their players, you know, to score goals for you. Because well, uh, yeah. if there's one thing you could say about Swansea this year was that they couldn't score any goals, right? Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, I mean, Andy King was the only player who could come through for them and, and gaming 38, you know, a mid season, you know, loan deal, or I don't know if, I, I don't think it was a transfer. When you're a loan. season where you're basically trying to create magic out of brothers, um, I mean, per, the, some people could probably point to, a, um, I don't know if the Neville brothers uh, created some some high-flying some FPL songs, magic. That's yeah. for sure. Um, Tell but, it like it is, Brandon. Beautiful song <laughs> by Aaron Neville. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did, we were talking about Burley's defense earlier. It was funny how the second half of the season, FPL-wise, FPL wise, Burnley switched to an attacking team where 
um, wood and barns were um, great enablers for if you were playing three four three, and they right. were actually scoring goals more than they were keeping clean sheets. Yeah, Barnes Barnes came on late. You're right, but in general, yeah, it was definitely a great year for for three five two and just sticking some like Peter Crouch type, mm-hmm. um, you know, on on your bench. Coinar. <laughs> yeah, for a while there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was a weird. This is like also the year when Huddersfield like was the most unsatisfying FPL team. Like sure. outside of maybe Jonas Lossel. Yeah. Um, they were a bad right. date. <laughs> I know, and they're back next year. I, you know, I'm really, I'm happy for David Wagner. I'm happy for that club because um, obviously it's just amazing that they stayed up, that they got promoted at all. Uh, but I do hope they're a little more fun next year. I, I don't know that I had a ton of fun watching them play this year. <laughs> Maybe when they beat when they beat Man United, that was cool. But sure. Other than that, yeah. uh, FPL Nick says always have bench subs who play. Uh, there is definitely value in the four to five million bracket. Um, just good, good, useful, and true advice. I'd say. Yeah. Did we struggle for um, premium defenders this season? I mean, uh, like Alonso had a spell mid-season where he was just pure gold. But beyond that, I think people were getting frustrated with the higher-priced defenders. Was it like rotation of Man City defenders or um, Spurs not being able to keep clean sheets for a long time? And I think yeah. we came back to this idea of just spend as little money as possible in your back line um, and or or spend all that money on your goalkeeper. It was the David De Gea season. Yeah. I mean, or maybe like find a couple solid rock solid. You know, I'm looking right now at some of the top scoring defenders for the season. I mean, you know, Jamal LaSalle's was, you know, I think he started the season at four point five million. Uh, he is the team captain, right, for Newcastle. I think mm-hmm. he is. Um, he is. You know, played. You know, okay. Sometimes they get injured, but you know, ultimately, you know, and you could even, you know, if it's, if it's your fifth defender, you can stash him for, you know, for those four or five weeks he's out. But he played, you know, virtually every single game this year that he was that he was healthy, which I think was like thirty five or thirty eight matches. Um, you know, finished with with three goals, nine bonus points. Um, you know, one hundred and sixteen points overall. Um, that just, you know, you can just find people of quality and then just stick them on your bench and. Um, you know, that's just a lot better than like these kind of unbalanced teams. We've got these, you know, like, you know, you had Stankovic, right? For like, you know, do you, do they, do you think that really hurt you or like, <laughs> well, it's really like you couldn't rotate at all? Yeah, it I don't think I ever was hurt because of Stankovic. That was the yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, everyone on your bench plays and that offers you the best rotation. But I always end up in this position going into game week one where I take the red flagged player who has the least chance of their value dropping. So uh-huh. a 4.0 red flag defender, sit them in the last position on the bench, and that gives right. you usually an extra 0.5 to play around with, and you're running as little risk as possible of losing value on that bench player. Now, of right. course, that's faulty logic because even Stankovic, a red flagged nothing defender from Huddersfield, even ended up at 3.9 about you know, 18 game weeks into the season. How about Ahmed Hagazi? Uh, just a cl- classic. Like, I, I brought him in early, and then the, it was this. I, if you listen back to, like, the first couple weeks of the podcast last season, it was this guy's getting dropped. It's just he's, he's filling in for Macaulay. He played every minute of every game this season. Finished. Yeah. Uh, he cl- closed the season with 7, 1, 8, <laughs> 6, and 1. I mean, you know, he was he was doing it all year, man. It, it's kind of crazy. Was. Like was, ten, yeah. ten, cl- 10 clean sheets, 2 goals, 11 yeah. bonus points. Uh, all this, a very solid season for Gazi. All this about premium defenders, though, I, I, I guess we have to walk it back a little bit. If you look at the stats page, the top 11 defenders, n- not a one is below uh, 5.7 million. So I guess that that's another strategy question that we have to address later on in the pod is um, the idea of taking premium assets and just being right. patient with them. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you know, the, but the issue there is that you look at the top scoring defenders and you're, you're looking at, you know, Ospilicueta is the top at 175, then it's 165, 156, 146 in terms of total points. You know, you look at midfielders, um, you know, even even the ones that are closer in price to them. I mean, they're finishing on, you know, 40, 50 points more than these players are. So it's just so much more money that you can get. Like, or so many, so many more, like, just points that you can get on a midfielders that... 
um, you're going to always need some cheap defenders. Yeah. All right. The uh, next comment comes from Josh Clem, who says, air toward leaving money in the bank to reduce need for hits late. Uh, So did you find yourself in any position, say, in the last eight to 10 weeks of not having enough money in your bank to get the players that you wanted? Oh, always. You know, it's I don't always want to do the mental math to go back and like remember the mistake I made. I. This was definitely the season where by the second half of the season, I was not following uh, price rises and falls very much. Um, I yeah. do think it's, you know, we actually asked this, uh, we, we asked FBL General about this when he was on the podcast, and he, he sort of said as much, you know, that he the first half of the season, he's paying a little more attention, and then by the end, it's just, it's kind of like next one up, you know? It's like, you just sort of, you got the money you've got, you know, assuming yeah. that you've got a, you know, decent team, and you don't have some, like, red flag player who's just falling like a stone. Um, you know, and I, it did feel especially swingy price rises this year. Don't you feel that way? Don't you feel I like totally it was, agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, so it got so swingy. It was hard to really get too worked up about it because yeah. it was like, you know, most solid would rise. He would rise and fall like like back to back days. You yeah. Know? And then it's, there was yeah. Lukaku was, you know, he was always predicted to fall in price and he never did. So it's like when you when you thought maybe they wouldn't drop, they dropped. When you thought they would, they didn't. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, Lukaku. I mean, for a player who scored, um, what was it? Sorry, I just lost my my place here. He scored what uh, twenty? It was only sixteen goals. I, man, he really fell off. He fell off down the stretch, didn't he? Yeah, I can't that, believe he only scored sixteen goals. Sixteen feels kind of poor to me for your marquee striker signing. I mean, yeah. he's he had seven he, goals in his first seven matches. Yeah. But I think his lack of um, just bursts of goals in in games, like not not being able to really, I think he only had two braces on the season, if not just one brace yeah. uh, in the league season for uh, for a striker at United with the amount of attacking prowess that they're meant to they're meant to have, they just weren't able to show it at all. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess that's like, the, you know, meet, meet Jose Mourinho, though, right? Too. Like, sure. You know. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like we could do a whole podcast on what a weird season and kind of disappointing season it was for Man United. I, I've seen some people like be like, oh, you know, we finished on 81 points, which is enough to win the league in some years. and But it's, I, I feel like Man United fans must be a little disappointed. I mean, to finish, you know, 19 points behind... Your cross-town rival. And, yeah. yeah, your cross-town rival. <laughs> and then to, to just have that, a team of, with that much talent feel so unsettled and, yeah. you know, and have all these really like, talented young players who don't have any confidence anymore. I, maybe you blame the players and not Mourinho. I don't know. But yeah. it feels like that team could be better than it is. Yeah. All right. FPL Booster says, safe captain picks. Lost so much overall rank on punt picks. This is something we talked about with uh, Jamal Rice. Jamal, who finished uh, 34 overall in the world. When we saw mm-hmm. him in Brooklyn at the Black Horse, he said uh, there is great logic and many points to be gained just by identifying that one player er- as early as possible, Salah in this season's case, and just putting the armband on him, don't shift it around. The fewer chances you take, the more p- you play the probability with the captain armband, probably the better off you'll be. I don't know if that's a fun way to play the game, but it's an interesting technique. Like how... How many more points do you think you'd have on this season if you just played the captain on Salah every single week? Yeah, I mean, this stuff is always, like, easier to see in hindsight, right? I mean, I don't think, you know, most of us even captain Salah for the first time until game week 22 or something like that. You know, I mean, in hindsight, it seems so easy. But, you know, I feel like in the moment... it was very logical to captain. I mean, I mean, okay, maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know who FPL Booster was captaining some of these weeks, but it wasn't like I was out there captaining like Arantovich most weeks. You know, it was like it was just someone like it was <laughs> well, like Harry Kane during yeah, like blank after blank after yep. you know, yeah, and 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 Firmino sometimes too didn't come through. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I love a labored metaphor, Josh. Yes. Do you think that Mo Salah was the pretty ugly girl from teen movies at the start of the season? Like he had glasses on and his hair up, but everyone could see he was just in the most attractive woman in the movie. <laughs> but around that that point where we started captaining, captaining him every week around game week 20 was when he let his hair down and everyone was like, dang, <laughs> he's, he, he's hot. Yeah. I mean, I'm I not know. saying I'm attracted to Mo Salah, but maybe I am. I don't know. It was it was a weird mix. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, were reluctant to break. I mean, the thing was he was priced pretty high, and so it was hard to 
it felt like a big risk to bring him in. You know, I, I think I brought, I brought him in game week three, which I think was was pretty early. I, mm-hmm. I didn't quite have the guts to bring him in game week one, uh, but I did have him by game week three. And I think, but for you, it wasn't until maybe game week ten or eleven. It was a little later in the season. Well, sure. let's see. We we had to look. What was the game in which Salah came off the bench with like fifteen minutes to play, and he ends up scoring a brace? Uh, oh, it was against Stoke City in game week fourteen. He played 23 minutes, scored a brace, and um, after that, it was like, don't let the bad man hurt me anymore. And I think I burned right. eight points the following week just to get him in to, 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 stem, the, to stem the tide. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, like, you know, it was not a great FPL season for me. I think it was true for a lot of managers, but it, it'll always be memorable because of what Mo Salah did this year. You know, it was just it'll always be the most Salah season. You know, it was like uh, three years ago, it was the Harry Kane season. You know, we just had yeah. Kane. That, that was even more legendary in some ways because Kane was I think he was started the season at five million. I think when he started to actually get minutes, he was down to like four point eight million. Yeah. Um I remember because that was maybe my, my best ever transfers was getting it was actually one of the I think it was one of the years I won the league and um I it was just like four point eight million and then he you know he can only rise so high is the thing. So basically everyone had him, but it took about ten weeks for everyone to finally come around. I think it was that that uh the famous Chelsea New Year's game, right, where he finished on like eighteen points or twenty one points or something like that. Um, and that was kind of it was kind of like the Mo Salah um, Stoke game, I think, where it was just like, OK, yeah, yeah. we've got to have this guy. You got to <laughs> like move mountains to bring him in if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. All these players, uh, there was, you know, the Mares Vardy season. There is a point in which you're like, you're like, this doesn't seem sustainable. You know, these players don't have, uh, you know, seasons in their history to show that it is sustainable. But there there are players like this, like Salah and Kane, as you were saying, where you see throughout the course of the FPL game, like a true legendary player emerge. And that's yes, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, particularly it's like once the, you get them in the famous SAS year with uh, with Sterling Aguero Suarez. And yeah. uh, there's a young young Raheem Sterling got a lot of minutes that year, too. And yep. uh uh, I think was that was that the Aaron Ramsey year too, and where Aaron Ramsey was really good as well. Very well um, may have been. Yeah, it was that was the year when like it was just crazy point scores because I think um, that was also the year when Yaya Torre scored twenty goals. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting year. I, I wouldn't say it was a great year for low like low priced options in general. I mean, we talked earlier about having value in the four four to five million bracket, but it wasn't like maybe outside of Arne Tobich, I don't feel like there was just a ton of sub 7 million players who were just like tearing it up this year well the ones that were were very streaky and that was the issue i think that's what caused everyone to pull their hair out is to find budget value you just had to constantly be shopping around every other week yeah yeah exactly i mean yeah looking now i mean the the overall midfielder under 7.5 million is is pascal gross which you know it's like a good season i mean seven goals and eight assists but it's not like it's not. It's not even necessarily like win your league level. It's not must own territory. You know, not must own territory. Exactly. All right. Ken Rooney says, "I'll try to have a little more patience with proven players. They'll get the points eventually. It's natural to spend a few the first few weeks scrambling around for undervalued players, but after that, I'll be trying not to spend as many transfers jumping from one flash in the pan to another. Evolution, not revolution. Shout out to Ken Rooney for having one of the." Uh, best uh, game week previews around out there for the Irish examiner. You see great follow on Twitter. Everybody loves that. Yeah. If if you're not, if you're, if you weren't reading that during the season, definitely uh, remember this in three and a half months and, and then start reading those again. Yeah. So the, the, I guess we were hinting at this earlier, the idea of finding the, the consistent players and just sticking with them and the difficulty of this season of just hitting punts just right. I'm trying to think of one punt that that worked. Maybe I had I got Jordan Ayu in, and I'll remember that because the game week I got him in, he scored a goal, and then the game week I got him out was after he scored his last goal of the season. So <laughs> yeah. um, he did. Uh, he did give you a cheeky red card though, too. Yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. <laughs> Funny how I, how I blocked that out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I had a lot of. I mean, I guess I guess Yasala. We already talked about uh, getting him early, but um, 
Um, yeah, I, um, I, you know, I, the, the player that I liked all you, it's funny how there are players you sort of court from afar during the season and you're like, I would like, uh, well, Will Zaha was a player that I, I really liked all year, especially mm-hmm. by the stretch. And I was like, it'd be fun to bring him in one of these days. And, uh, it didn't actually happen until game week 38 and I was, I was rewarded with the goal. It's like, I'm, I'm really curious how he actually looks next year. I mean, I wonder if he'll, um, I, I don't think he'll leave. I mean, I, I think no. because he's already done the Man United thing, I, I don't know that he'll, um, um, you know, be like itching to, to move on to a bigger club. But um, yeah, I mean, like, he could be really, it could be like a, a guilty cigarettes in at Swansea type thing with him next year where he's just like, you know, a must own player on a, on a, you know, on a mediocre team. Yeah. Let's, let's pray. It's not guilty cigarettes in at Everton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was bad. All right. Sean, number one, uh, lessons learned looking ahead to next season. Sean says, don't panic wild card after game week three. So I feel like you, you think this every year going into game week one. I won't have to wild card until I, I'm really good and ready. But then you always you always it's it's like impossible to get it right, right out of the gate. That's what separates the uh, 50K and the world managers from the number one <laughs> manager in the world. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's it's a funny mix. It's like be patient, but also. Like, but also don't follow the herd. You know, it's like it's it's it feels like very contradictory advice. You know, it's it's very hard to, I don't know. It's it's almost as if there's different ways to play and be successful. <laughs> Brian, as hard as that is to believe. Jeff Petter says, I've already decided that I'm going anti-template at the start of next season. Uh, I wanted to this season and bottled it as I got closer. We we all bottle it, Jeff. We always we all think we're gonna go get cold feet. Yeah, and he's still wild carded in the first four weeks anyway. Uh, so next season I'm going. I'm starting off with a fun team uh, within reason, of course. He's already hedgy. I love this. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going anti template. I mean, not not yeah. crazy, but you know, it's <laughs> and by next season it'll be like you know eight out of your eleven will be template. Okay, this is one thing we always say at the start of the pod, like when we do our ten rules for feel success podcast, but it's like you almost never. I feel like people worry too much about being template. You know, yeah. I. I I do think down the stretch, you know, like like the way it's worked out when everybody wild cards and gave me 34, like that that is a little template. But I feel like for the first 30 weeks or so, I, I feel like no one's team looks the same, right? I mean, yeah, sure, we all have like the top five or six players maybe. Yeah. But I feel like there's always different players, you know. I, 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 yeah, he, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff is one of those managers where he's, he's so um, – enmeshed in the fpl world he's has that 360 view of fpl where basically he sees everything and i find myself doing this uh all the time too like i can see all the options and once you see all the options in front of you how do you choose well this is what it's like i was saying earlier i mean it's when you once you realize that there's no right way to be successful yeah (laughs) there's no like one like one perfect path uh, it, it becomes very hard to make the right decision because each decision could work out, you yeah. know? And so I, I, do you think that means that you should just, okay. I mean, I guess the obvious answer is just, just play in a way that's fun. Uh, but for me, winning is fun, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so I've always, so it's like play to your personality. Okay. Or play the way you want. But, but for me, if I make a bunch of, you know, if I like burn eight every week and I keep losing more and more points, I'm just going to continue to have less and less fun. Yeah. So, you know, well, Crystal Palace is a great example of this for me. And so it bias is one of those huge hurdles that we have to get by. I watch the way we've talked. We've talked way too much about Patrick Van Anholt over the season <laughs> on this podcast yeah. or Zaha. For me, not my cup of tea. Don't like how those players play. And I just it's sort of like my um, my lizard FPL brain looks at those players and say, nope, don't like, don't want. And those are hurdles that really stand. uh, Maybe that's a fun way to play, to not get the players in that you don't (laughs) like. But if winning is fun, sometimes you have to accept the fact that you have to bring players into your squad that you don't like. It was funny because we talked about Patrick Redenhill like way too much on last week's podcast. And you know, when he scored and assisted and got the clean sheet and got three bonus points in game week 38, I was like, how many game week, like next season, how many weeks in a row would he have to score before Brandon would think about bringing him in? Like, if Patrick Van Hill scored like the first seven games, would you, would you, you'd have Begrudgingly, to right? I'd bring him in. <laughs> right, exactly. On a wild card. <laughs> on a wild card, yeah. All right, last comment comes from Gavin Doyle on lessons learned, how we're approaching next season. Gavin says, I think at 69 transfers for the season, I may have been a tad too trigger happy. Uh, <laughs> I think amazing. it started off well with Gavin. He mentioned he was, uh, I think, in the top 
top 25k at the start of the season ended up finishing around 160k so yeah there comes a point where uh 69 transfers might be too many gavin <laughs> I think I finished on 43 for the season. Is that, do you remember how many transfers you finished on? Uh, yeah. Um, I was like, no, 46. Wow, it's a little higher than I was expecting. 42 for me. Uh, I, I think I ended up, I ended up getting a little more transfer happy toward the end of the season. Panic was setting in. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like this year I with, with you, you were doing a lot of um, trying to hold a transfer over a game week, you know, and having two for the next one. And yeah, do you I think, think that worked out. No, I don't, because the idea there was always I don't feel confident in the decision I could make this week, so I'm going to hold on for one more week for more information. And the fact is no new information really ever came to me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's true, because often what holds you back is the same thing that's going to hold you back the next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or the person Um, that I I should have gotten in ends up, well, whatever, we could go on. Uh, yeah, yeah could, I just yeah. end up. I ended up missing out on points by being too patient. I was surprised that I made forty six transfers. That 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 seems very high for me. That's what is that eight point hits then, right? Thirty eight game weeks, thirty eight game. You know, well, not counting two wild cards as well. So I guess I mean I took ten point hits this year. That that has to be a record for me. I, I do not usually take point hits. I don't think they. Jay uh, Jay Agersdorf, you know, is is very much not a point hit person in general, and. Um, He's really gotten in my head about that, and so I really made a point this year not to make point hits. And yet, here I am with a record number, so, you know, who knows? I don't know. There's different ways to play the game, Brandon. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about not how we can change, Josh, because we can't change. We'll talk about how we can change the FPL game. Excellent. Same old podcast, always cheating. Brandon, we're back, and it would not be a podcast without mentioning our friends at Starting Eleven. I don't even think we're allowed to record a podcast. I think the terms of our parole agreement, Brandon, state that we have to mention uh, Starting Eleven every time. Nobody wants us to go back to jail. Those were the least fun FPL podcasts (laughs) we've ever recorded is the ones in our prison cell. Our fulsome prison (laughs) episode. Uh, so Starting Eleven is going to be here for the World Cup. Now, there, there are some... Really, I think the there's there's the perfect way to to play the World Cup this summer, right? I'm, I'm using air quotes that nobody can see except, P- except the PWC, wall Perfect World Cup. That's what that's how I like to refer P- to P- it. PWC, exactly. Uh, one is to is to become a Patreon supporter, uh, do the set and forget thing, uh, pick some teams and root for those teams. The second one, Brandon, because I don't know about you, but I need some juice. I need like a little. I I, I just like I really need to feed my. I need a little action. I need, this is I need like some players. Every, every slogan from the X Games that there ever was. You're going to do the do. <laughs> you're going to feed the beast. You had no fear. I want to take on some people in some head-to-head matches. I want to. I want to pick some players. I want. I want Mo Salah to score, and I want it to win me actual money. So. Brandon, how do you do that? You play Starting Eleven. You download the app to your iOS or Android phone. Go to uh, either one of those app stores or just go to starting11.io. All the information and the links are right there. So Starting Eleven is rolling out a special game just for the World Cup, as you said, Josh. And they're going to have more details here imminently. Uh, And... How, how convenient is that? It's right there on your phone. You can make live in-game substitutions. Uh, you can change your lineups uh, even before the game starts so you're not stuck with some player that hasn't been named to the starting 11. So fantastic, beautiful interface, and it should be even better for the World Cup. Yeah. And thanks to everyone that we played on starting 11 this season. Um, you know, just just this last week, you and I actually we did a, we both kind of played the same people. Um, we had, it's kind of like it had a celebratory air to it. We played and Andy Goodlin and Jabron Chata and um, James Bishop, and James new Bishop Patreon and, subscriber. Thanks, James. Uh, as well as uh, 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 Stephen Toomey and uh, John John Eric Torstenson, who who actually won a contest and, and renamed Shit. your team for a while. Yeah, so. the Flint City Rollers or Patriots, or it was Flint not- City Patriots. Yep. So visit starting11.io and uh, and keep an eye out because they're, they're rolling out that World Cup game uh, very soon. Uh, I think it's within the next uh, within the next uh, within the next several days. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and in the meantime, visit starting11.io to learn more about the game and to see the beautiful interface, Brandon, because it's really it's aesthetically it's I a catch very you. enjoyable game to play. I catch yeah. you. I catch you. All right. Josh, we are back with. Uh, 
what should be an award-winning segment throughout the season, the always cheating lightning round, and we're going to answer a bunch of listener questions or or sort of comment provide commentary on listener notes uh-huh. on bonus points, chips, and changes that we'd like to see made to the game heading into next season. So we're going to tackle bonus points first. Lazaro says, BAPs are a dumpster fire. Any change or tweak would be welcome. I have resisted this conversation on the podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. but Josh, you are um, highly aggravated, by the way. Bonus points have been dealt out this season. Well, I'm not highly aggravated. I mean, it just, you know, I mean, Michael DiPietro uh, just said, uh, you know, they just don't seem to reward players properly. The best player should accumulate the most bonus points. Right. Right. Uh, It shouldn't be so confusing. This is definitely a year where the bonus play system was a little screwy. I mean, uh, someone pointed out the the famous uh, the game where Swansea lost five nil, and uh, Fabianski ended up on two bonus points because he saved a meaningless penalty. Um, and it did feel like things were just a little like it basically, it, you know, it was a season. It of, feels like where, things were objective as opposed to subjective. It just feels like this was a year for a t- an attacking style of play. And, you know, if you're going to attack a lot, you're also going to um, you're going to be offside. You're going to probably commit more fouls. You're going to have shots off target. Uh, and those things really hurt uh, some of the top players. I think the other factor was just that there were a lot of players who um, were classified as midfielders and probably should have been classified as um, as as forwards. You know, I'm actually going to jump down to a question here, Brian, because I think it's relevant sure. to this. Uh, FPL Nick says, I think they need to change the formation positions. Uh, big question on who will be uh, reclassified next week, next season, but the game needs to reflect modern football. Uh, instead of a defensive midfielder attacking, there needs to be four outfield positions, uh, defensive midfielder, attacker, and striker, uh, reflecting a 4-2-3-1 formation. I actually think that's kind of an interesting idea. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love that. I mean, and it makes the game even more um, multidimensional. Not that we need like even more dimensions at this point. Well, with the chips and everything, but uh, I would love to instead of you know fielding these these rigid positions, including right. goalkeeper, uh, having some kind of wild cardish attacking position that could be a winger. Um, or some sort of um, Arnatovich type of role uh, is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and you know, and maybe there is maybe a formation like that would actually uh, reward the the Angolo Conte Nemanovacic types in a way that the game really doesn't right now. It, the huge thing for me uh, with the bonus point discussion is they need to have actual FPL points, not BAPs, but FPL points for tackles. Um, Mm -hmm. and even KDB, though he was a huge point getter in this FPL season, he was doing so much work in the midfield, uh, tackling and he, he accrued a lot of bonus points because of that completed passes and tackles, but it would be amazing to see players accumulate like goalkeepers do a point for three saves, a point for three tackles or even two tackles. Yeah, or ever, ever 10 completed passes. So, and I think like that, that solves uh, multiple problems because that's a problem that BPS is trying to solve and clearly is not. And it also helps us um, field uh, more d- different types of midfielders in our team. Yeah, because I think this is what it boils down to. I mean, the discussion that, you know, that we, we've had, and I, I don't actually totally disagree with you. Um, you know, your argument sort of in defense of the bonus point system is that it does reward these players at least – in, in theory, it, it rewards them. And, you know, but the problem is it doesn't reward them enough. You know, like you really you ultimately still can't play Angola Conte on a regular basis in your FPL. You know, like the kind of players who should be rewarded by this system aren't, aren't it's not going quite far enough to reward them. So you end up in this weird sort of middle ground where, you know, the player who ends up getting the most bonus points is like an attacking mid who maybe only has one, who, who gets an assist in the game, I mean, like a KDB type. And it's not like, you know, I mean, KDB was arguably the best player in the league this year, I mean, probably second best player after Salah. So KDB should be getting tons of points. But, I mean, you know, I was joking on Twitter this weekend that it was sort of fitting that in the final game of the season, Mo Salah ends up with a goal assist and, and no bonus points. Yeah, you know? right. Um, I, you know, just because I, of all the... The sort of negative things that he did. Yeah. Adam P on our Slack channel said something that I agree with it as it is bonus points are totally objective. It's data driven, you know, complaining about it in in my view is, is 
generally sour grapes on social media. Uh-huh. Like I had sure. this player and they didn't right. get rewarded. And yeah, it's very like, rare that someone like complains about a player they didn't have in their team. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I I am wary of it becoming becoming going back to that man in the stands routine. But I do agree with you. What you're saying is, in effect, no one is being served by the bonus points. Like the yeah. attacking players aren't being f- fully rewarded, and then the players who are meant to come to the fore because of it, like the defensive mids aren't either so what's the story and i'm i'm kind of at the point where well what's the what's the point you're if you're asking to reward players who are getting points with more points then what's the point just get away do away with bonus points yeah i i'm sort of in favor of bonus points because i think it's fun i think it's a fun thing to keep an eye on as the game progresses i i i think you know i i do uh, yeah but i i would like to see actual points awarded for more things as well i i think that i think it makes sense that i think a th- assist should be worth more points yeah you know i think um i think that's worth more than three um i think that uh i feel like there's the, i feel like goalkeepers still get a little screwed in the system in in general um and there could be a way to i, I guess there's only so many actions that they commit yeah. which is probably why it's hard to really to really properly credit How about them. a goalkeeper um, gets a point every time they take a sip from their water bottle? I mean, that would bring mm. Joe Joe Hart would be worth having, even if he only plays <laughs> five games a season. Uh, there were a couple people who had questions um, just sort of going on with this, um, sort of tied in with this a little bit. Um, it was uh, Mar- M. Bison and James Bishop both had questions about um, giving extra points for consecutive goals in a match. What do you think about that? So like a, of a Kane hat trick could be... Four goal, four points for the first goal, um, five points for the second, six points for the, for the third, and so on. It's like getting an escalator in your uh, royalties contract. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, that sounds kind of terrifying to me. I mean, if for anyone, okay, so my season basically turned on Aguero's four goal game, in which uh-huh. I didn't have him, and so many people captained him. That's where it all yeah. fell apart for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sinking feeling you have when that happens to you is bad enough. But then to see this crazy escalation, I I guess you're right. It plays into the bonus point conversation as well, because the weighting of attacking points is really that is where FPL lies. That is how FPL works, how the attacking points are weighted. And um, I think if you start if you start doing that, does that drive you drive us to more template-driven teams, where if there is the threat that Harry Kane yeah. does this, then there's you have to have him. And at least yeah. in this season, while Kane scored 30 goals, which is crazy, yeah. um, you didn't have to have him for long stretches. Who's really capable of scoring braces, right? We're talking about like five five to ten players on a consistent basis. I, yeah, I actually agree with you. I, I, I'm not really in favor of that as a, as a move. I just thought it was interesting that multiple people you know, suggested that. Uh, here's one change that I wouldn't mind seeing. It was while we're still talking about bonus points. Um, what do you think about just no negative actions being punished? Like, just if you're offside, you don't lose bonus points. If you have a shot off target, you don't lose bonus points. Um, if you commit a foul, you don't lose. I just, you know, I, I don't really love the way you lose points for that. If you miss a, a clear goal scoring opportunity, <laughs> it feels you- like sometimes there's, I just feel like a lot of times it's very context dependent and. I feel like Mo Salah had a couple of these like clear goal scoring opportunities that he missed, and you know watching those games in real time, it just it feels like it's, it wasn't always the case. You know, it was like he was so good that he was in a position where he was actually able to get this ball over four defenders and you know catch it off his chest. And yeah, he was one on one with the keeper, but he'd also sprinted about thirty five yards in you know ten seconds and. You know, he was going at full speed. You know, yeah. is that a clear goal scoring opportunity, or is that just a brilliant move that he couldn't quite finish off? And you know, he was he was punished for that kind of thing consistently this season. And I just, you know, it didn't didn't seem right to me. It's an interesting question, but uh, I mean, you're asking for justice, and I don't live in a world <laughs> in which there is justice. So I think you just yeah. need to get over it. <laughs> maybe you're right. Uh, maybe I mean I guess scrapping the bonus scrapping the bonus point system would probably be the best way to do it. But I, I do like the 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 I love checking the 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 real time baps. I mean who doesn't right? At least this, this, this argument goes the entire uh, other direction. If you you stop um, disciplining people for negative actions, then you're complaining about well Lukaku got bonus points, but he was offside <laughs> like five times and and he's a total. Yeah 
troll job. The, I don't the know. Bonus if someone, points if someone are was, messed up. Someone would someone would do that, but you would never see me complain about offsides. I mean, my my beloved, who is the swan? Bafatini Gomez, yeah, uh-huh. the amazing Mister Offside himself, yeah. and I still loved him despite being offside. 10 to 15 times every match. All right, let's talk about chips, Josh. We have a question from Lego Mane. One new chip uh, he's suggesting for next season, perhaps a double defense chip. So maybe you uh, you get um, double points for all your defense. Yep. I have I have suggested this before. I love the idea of this chip. Yeah. This is my like one of my pet chip ideas. Lego Mane is going a step further. So now you've got four chips in total if you take your current chips plus perhaps a double defense chip. Two of these chips must be used in the first half. Two must be used in the second half, but otherwise you're free to choose which two and when. This could uh, lead to variation in trips, uh, chip strategy. And I think this is something we've touched upon in previous episodes, Josh, is the idea of forcing people to use some chips yeah. in the first half. Because as it is now, we're all waiting till game week 35 to unveil this- our first chip. This can't be uh, – this is one of those things where you do have to, like, take a step back and realize that we're talking about a subset of top managers or experienced managers are doing this. I mean, I think the, the reason that chips are even in the game is to is to goose it for people who don't take the game very seriously and just want to roll out a triple captain in game week one. And But they're hurt by this too, you know, and – I would actually okay. I would advocate for just getting rid of the chips entirely. I don't actually think they help the game. No. Um, and I mean, do you? I don't. Do you think the I, chips I, I agree. Um, I. I mean, I. I won't. I'm not prepared to be militant about it. Uh, I no. I, n- nor am I. Particularly as as us who sort of live and breathe within an FPL community that uses the chips as fuel many weeks just to keep the conversation going. They yeah. the chips can be fun. But I, I guess I tend to agree on the whole. The chips create. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it created some very tedious arguments. Like instead of talking about who was doing well and who wasn't doing well yeah. in the transfer, and it was it became a very theoretical game at times. The second half of the season, and especially with the free hit chip, which really uh, changed things. It almost changed things too much. I don't know. I mean, I, I actually okay to get back to Legomane's suggestion. I. If we keep chips, I like the idea of some chips being forced to be used in the second half and maybe or in the first half in the second half. Maybe um, maybe two in each is just a cleaner way to roll that out, you know, than like you have to use one of these three. But if it's like you've got two, maybe they even tell you which two they are. Right. Yeah. Like maybe like maybe it's just two chips next year. It's just it's just triple Campton and and um, and um, and um, what's the free sorry. hit? It's. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Uh, just triple captain and free hit. And you can use those two chips twice, you know, like one in the first 20 Ooh, weeks like and one that. in the second 20 weeks. Yeah. Um, and then that that's it, you know. And I, I just think that that would really mix things up a lot. It would be – the only thing I just feel like it would be a little fluky, you know. It would like – you'd really have to nail those. <laughs> but maybe, maybe fluky is okay. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like is it so bad if someone like flukes into a, a great score? Is that is not that, happening that already, Joshua? Yeah, it's, it's it has happened already. Exactly. <laughs> JJ, so, JJ, JJ uh, um, online is taking the same tack of uh, chips encourage template thinking the game was better before myriad chips. Um, we have an, another chip idea from Nath Matthews who suggests two captains in one week. So it's you know I've never heard that chip idea. That's actually a kind of a, that's a fun one. Yeah, uh, and that would be an, an exceptional one for a double game week. I mean, the triple captain is favored in the double game week, but you're putting all your eggs in one basket, effectively. The idea of yeah. spreading the probability to two different captain material. And and I like that idea of you're going, maybe you give one armband to an assist guy like Erickson, and you give the other armband yeah. to a goal scorer like Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like your dream. I feel like this is oh like, yeah, suddenly, this is like you, suddenly it's like the, you would how you would love it if you could do this if you could have like one foot in both in both waters. You know, oh, like yeah, the, a guy who hates yeah. making decisions like me, it's <laughs> it's a dream come true. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Here's my suggestion. Uh, I'm going off the board here for a second. Uh, I would move the wild card back to the January wild card. Um, I would. Um, I, I do you think. I don't know. I don't want to get too grumpy. Oh, it was better back in the day. I, re- I really don't. I think that's too that's too negative. But don't you think it was a little more fun when game week 30, when all the double game weeks would roll around and everybody didn't have a wild card in their pocket and then everybody didn't have the exact same yeah. team going into these doubles? Yeah. Just, 
it was too much of that this year. I mean, it was like on Twitter, people would be like, rate my team. And I was like, well, just look at the other eight teams that have been rated. They're all, it's exactly the same team. Like maybe we've got like a different 4.2 million defender or something. But there were even other commenters who would, who, who didn't say rate my team. There were, they would just come right out and say, who are the best 15 players to get? Right, <laughs> Make exactly. my team for yeah. me. You're never going to get totally away from groupthink, but but usually you can't just change your whole team wholesale like that, yeah. you know. And I don't um, want to I don't want to yeah. throw too much shade at, at the people out there who are looking for help because no, because, no, of course not. I mean, we we all need that help, and it is, and I think it it stems from the culture that we are talking about of pressurizing right. the the strategy around the doubles and the chips and et cetera. Yeah, which effectively means that you don't have chips until game week 32 or so. You know, like you basically, you might as well not, they might as well not be like available to you. Like, yeah. so, like, because it's it's such a, generally such a folly to use those chips early yeah. on in the season. And, and that just doesn't seem like the best, it, it, feels, it makes the game a little like less elegant to me or something, yeah. you know, like to have these kind of. Fluky things that you throw in the final few yeah. weeks of the season. Jabron Chata is going to take your wild card idea, Josh, and take it one step further. Jabron suggests one wild card throughout the entire season, and you can only use it in January. <laughs> I hate that idea. I'd rather have five wild cards <laughs> in the first half of the season. We need more forgiveness, <laughs> not le- less forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That first wild card is always like your lifeline. You know, just like oh yeah, oh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. As and as well, listen, the the first wild card, I think it's don't don't. It's fine to play it. It's it's kind of there for me to actually really set your game week one squad because you don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know right. what's going to happen in game week one, and yeah. that wild card is there to forgive all your Alex Awobi, Ryan Frazier sins. All right, Brandon. Uh, it's been 38 weeks we've done uh about 347 hours of, of podcasts uh we have one final suggestion one final thing to change uh, before we take a short break uh before we come back for some world cup pods it comes from frankie the gent who says i would like to see free transfers rolled up beyond two maybe to four or five this would mix up strategies what do you think about that Brandon? Uh, i think saving, having more than two transfers listen, who out there didn't have uh the rollover minutes plan on their cell phone years ago uh, basically before mm-hmm. there were no minutes didn't exist anymore um mm-hmm. and all those ads about rollover minutes were basically just preaching logic like you didn't use these minutes just roll over as many as you want to and i am all right. for it for free transfers um I, despite the fact that you said earlier that it didn't work out for you rolling over even one transfer well, that's you think you just kept piling them that, up like that's that's because two transfers often is never enough. Like if you're if you're concerned one transfer is going to be enough, two is probably also not going to be enough. Um, mm-hmm. And if if you're talking about four or five wild cards, Josh, that would be your dream scenario. Effectively, this is what <laughs> Frankie is suggesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I can see it both ways. Um the what you're fond of, of saying, Josh, about the FPL game is often the bug is a feature, and right, just being able to roll up two transfers is probably a feature and not a bug. That's what sort of keeps everyone honest with their transfer policies, and right. um, probably keeps us from having uh, templates across the board. If you're if you're able to for free get in all these great players within a few weeks. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Um, yeah, you know, other things that I wouldn't mind seeing. I mean, I, I I don't see any reason why you need to restrict your. What do you think about having more than three players from any one team? Like, what do you, you know? Just I know I said that was our last question, but I just, one, one thing I was thinking <laughs> that about was our is, last you know, what, question for the listeners. We we'll just keep we, you, we I've got I've got nowhere to go, Josh. We can keep talking. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, in theory, you know, why can't an Arsenal fan have a starting 11 of all Arsenal players? Um, you know, like, would Man City ruin that? But it really wouldn't, right? I mean, would it be so bad if you could have five Man City players? I and mean, the rotation would kill you. So yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know. It wouldn't necessarily be like this dream team anyway. Well, OK, so my counterpoint to that would be teams, teams that are just crushing everyone. And if you've got... If you're if you're say you're a Huddersfield fan, 
you should be able to at least have one or two Huddersfield players in your FPL squad and not just get completely decimated for it. Because if you're right. then able to turn around and yeah. have, uh, you know, 11 players from Manchester City, you're going to roll over all those Huddersfield fans. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to afford them anyway, though. You know, you'd still need the cheaper. It'd be easier to field a full 11 of Huddersfield players, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if a full a starting 11 of Man City players would be more expensive than $100 million. It probably would be, right? Uh, yeah, I, I would assume so. I mean, unless you're going uh, Gundogan, Fernandinho as your, uh, your, your key midfielders. Hey, that's a wonderful. That's a, that's a that's a great pivot there, Brandon. There's just some, some solid players. Yeah, I I guess parody. Everyone loves the Premier League for its its sort of perceived parody. Uh, Huddersfield can beat Manchester United uh, on any given week. So uh, let's let's keep the parody in FPL. I know people talk about the top six dominance, like. Like, have you seen the other leagues in Europe? Like, Juve always wins the Italian league. I mean, Spain is at least at least you have you basically have two teams, occasionally three. You know, France is completely dominated by PSG. Like, six seems pretty good to me. You know, sure. I mean, Bayern Munich's won like seventeen Bundesligas in a row. Like, yeah. you know, I'll take six. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so that's the season in a nutshell. Have we have we done that's it? it. Yeah, I, I I think that's it. I think uh, I think I'm ready for a few weeks off. I'm ready to enjoy the rest of May and and not not sit in this room when it gets hot. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm ready. I'm I'm actually I'm very like I, I'm looking forward to a little break. Yeah, yeah, we we need a break. But um, stay tuned. As as you mentioned, Josh, we're going to be back uh, doing some podcasts surrounding the World Cup. And be sure to support us on Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating if you want to play our exclusive pick eight teams world cup game it should be a lot of fun and uh follow us on social media at hell cheaters on twitter facebook.com slash always cheating or hit us up with an email hail cheaters at gmail.com if you're if you want more information about what we're up to this summer if if you're just checking out for the summer you're going to go learn how to farm or become some sort of uh um oil painter do some 4-h yeah yeah do do something like that then good for you we'll see you back in july i guess like mid to late july when our preview pods for whenever the fpl game launches that's usually when we come back into the fray for fpl Uh, remember to uh rate and review the podcast on itunes um if 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 nothing else because uh really helps us to um uh you know build the audience and that that more than anything is what we just really want to do with the podcast because it's it's fun to do but it's it's even more fun to do when people are actually listening to you so uh if you do that that'd be great otherwise have a great summer uh hopefully we'll see uh, many of you for the world cup and um yeah uh let's see lord sorloth uh, dominate the league next year it's all set up for sorloth i know he can do it I think he can too. He also a lot. Yeah, bring Poku to the Premier League. I I I, I predict a big <laughs> transfer window for Poku. <laughs> All right, Poku forever. Mm-hmm. Thanks for a great season, everyone. Agreed. <laughs>